Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-host, Courtney Staples, Christopher Prunty, and Cheryl from The Office. On today's episode, we are finishing up our time with the land of a thousand dead dwarves. Yes, that's right. We did dwarves. Uh, it had to happen at some point. I just wanted to make sure that we got past the first hundred episodes. Anyway, our prompt from Nyarogi has us talking about the astral sea, the land of the dead and the land of the living. Where, last we left off, we were reconciling the twist, which was the stakes get even bigger. So I would love for someone to tell us how we're reconciling the twist. Who wants to start us off? I looked into a lot of research for how can you get bigger than we were currently talking about multiversal things. So I was trying to see what would be higher than multiversal, multidimensional, I think Mm. is also kind of uh, done here since it's multiple universes. That's uh, aesthetically the same thing as multiple dimensions. I was thinking what would be beyond, beyond multiversal, beyond dimensional, the threat would then be transcendental. All right. And what does that mean exactly? Uh, something that is beyond all of existence. Mm-hmm. And when I thought of that, uh, I wanted to do something that somehow existed out of existence. And I see it as beyond the universe itself, something that when given form, hated the fact that it was given existence. I know we talked about how that was kind of the first grudge. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that since that never died, what if the threat of that is actually trying to destroy existence? Hmm. I would like to make one uh, pedantic uh, correction here for the sake of sci-fi fans out here. Um, When we say dimensional versus... um, multiple universes multiple universes mean literally multiple universes other universes but dimensional usually means more dimensions of space so but i think in 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 popular culture we tend to conflate the two so like another universe Mm -hmm. as another dimension when really what Mm -hmm. we mean is another another universe in particular true higher dimensional being would not be from another, from another universe. universe. It would yes. be like, I exist outside of time and space. You don't even exactly. know how to conceptualize me. Yeah, You're playing yeah. 5D chess there. But to your you... question um, about, so this you're, you're suggesting something that came into existence that didn't previously exist, and that's the thing that's upset with us. Mm. Correct. It was given form, and it didn't want to be. So, so for me, the difficulty for me to wrap my head around it is to help me understand more. It's a, it's similar to me with having difficulty of understanding um, uh, post death. When does it mean death? So, for here, if something comes into existence that didn't previously exist, um, what is the non-existent space like? What does it mean to have come from that space? Right, and how does it directly affect our setting? Because if it doesn't affect it, if it's just there, if it's like so unknowable that it's not directly affecting the setting, I think I see what Daniel means, that it's like, why do we have it in the first place? Yeah, and I would also want to keep it like distinct from our previous series, which also dealt with um, life and death and traveling between 
and also had that like realm of like void chaos around it. The realm of uh, chaos and kind of thought forms that we did in the last one is something that was given substance the more that you were there or the more things that populated this. This I was seeing more as like the nothing from Never Ending Story. Oh, I love that. Mm. Mm. Now, what if it, so what was appealing about the nothing? The nothing I felt like um, it, it, it represented non-existence, but it also represented the ending of a story, like the, the nullification of things. So like the snuffing out of their story is really what the nothing was. Like the everything that we cared about in that movie was being snuffed out by the nothing. So this transcendental entity, um, regardless of where it comes from, what is its intent since it's upset about have coming into existence? I, I feel like it would want to bring about the end and the return to nothing. See, when you say the end, I, I actually conceptualize it a little bit differently. It's not so much the end because, you know, with an eternal end, right? Like it would just mean that the mortar realm dies and then so everything becomes the afterlife. I would like to imagine that there's an undoing, an unraveling of everything, including history and time itself. So it's a reversal rather than an ending because an ending, at least time has begun or rather time has passed. And so if you undo everything, you unravel everything, you actually are just resetting things back to the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I would imagine that this thing goes even further and wants to unravel it further than that. Yeah, I like that idea. It's, yeah, not just like hitting the delete key, but like actively going back. Yeah. Like it, you're, you're, you're unmaking existence. It's, yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah. So who has some, who has some reconciliation that can po probably fit with that a little bit more or not at all. We can, we can force ourselves <laughs> to figure out ways to reconcile all these ideas, these disparate thoughts. I mean, the only thought I had was very specific to what we came up with before, which is the octahedron cat, which I looked up the, mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. The solid for a for a d8. Uh, that, so the octahedron cat is dying, is what I had thought of. Oh Aww. no! That yeah, that that would in fact raise the stakes. You're absolutely right about that. Um, to come to make that work with what Chris is talking about, I wonder if maybe then this transcendental entity is related, or perhaps they're one and the same. It could be that like the cat has been protecting the realm from some sort of intruder, kind of like a, a mouse or a cat. Um, mm -hmm. But instead of a mouse, it's something that wants to undo all of existence. I like the idea of it being a little, a little thing. That's mm -hmm. the problem. You know, since the cats, we thought of the cats being enormous. Mm -hmm. I mean, if this transcendental being, it's actually quite tiny. And that when Rob said unraveling, you know, something little that it does, that it unstitches something in time that really tears everything apart would be interesting. We'll see if, if we're keeping with the Ghibli aesthetic, I like the idea of it literally unraveling things like, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's pulling on the thread of your being and then you're watching as your entire, like, again, because, you know, Ghibli is also horrifying as well. So they, they've got like the really good moment where they pull on someone's finger and then that finger starts to unravel like yarn. And then, you know, there's not necessarily, you know, horrific screaming as you might, you know, think of in a like horror movie but like just something so quick and sudden that you're just gone you know like you're it's it's quick and it's over but 
you're basically turned into yarn. And so um, mm. I'm, th- I'm picturing this thing is like it can fit in the palm of your hand and it has like a needle of some kind. And then it like pricks you with that and then pulls the thread out of you that way in some sense. I mean, it could also, since we had gone with a literal giant cat for the other being, it could be a tiny little mouse that's doing all this and like gnawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like gnawing at the fabric of diamond space. And yeah. 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 I like the rodent image. Um, yeah. And it would be a 1d4. <laughs> <laughs> it should have a head. It should actually have a, a um, platonic solid. It should be another platonic solid like that. Okay. Well, yeah, so- I don't want them to do anything with each other. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that's why, like, if it's a d4, you know, or some other mm-hmm. dice shape would be cool. If it's a d4, I actually kind of just think it looks like Bill Cipher from Gravity Falls. So... Yeah, I, I, I would prefer some other. Actually, can we go with um, can we go with the die that's even less used than the D four, which is the D twelve? Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's another factor of of, of eight. So I don't know. Mm. Well, twenty. Let's let's put a let's put a pin in that for now, and then we can kind of go back to it. Uh, so I'll I'll. I'll my reconciliation for the twist is entirely different. And I'm actually really curious to see how we can kind of figure out. Mine was basically um, as these souls depart and travel the astral sea, uh, their soul stuff kind of like fractures just ever so slightly. And those bits and pieces of fractured soul stuff actually ends up inhabiting the souls of animals. So it's Mm. not... Yeah, so it's when you travel the sea, it's not just a matter of, or, or when you're affecting the world as it is, people dying also means that, you know, animals get to live as much as others. I, I know it's a bit weird, but I'm like, whatever, this, that we need, I need to figure out a way to make it so it's not just about the dwarves. Yeah, and I mean, visually too, it's like a nice image of, like as they're kind of rowing their boats or taking their trains or whatever through the astral sea, they're also sort of emitting this dust that flows mm-hmm. back into the the actual physical world. Absolutely, and then that becomes the spirits of animals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if, if we're going with us, if we're going a subway, if a subway imagery, for example, if say like one of the conceptualizations of it is a subway, subways have rats and mm-hmm. rats you know, are lurking in the darkness doing their own nonsense. And I can imagine um, if this is also liquid, like it's some kind of like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, tunnel, Venice boat tunnel. Perhaps then these these little mice are like poking holes in the sea and it's flowing out. And so that's, you know, messing with Rob's concept of, um, you know, this dust being redeposited, like it's it's leaking out into nothing. And then making that's, that cycle incomplete. That's actually pretty similar to what I had for my reconciliation, um, which was that some sort of like whirlpool or rift had opened up in the astral sea. And that would potentially allow this section of the universe to connect with the other ones again, completely undoing Rob's no dwarf canon explanation for everything else. Um, but I could see it tying in with the idea of. Um, a mouse or group of mice like kind of gnawing away at this one particular area that's I, I sort of formed a larger hole over time. I think I prefer Daniel's nomenclature of rat where it's mm-hmm. like 
there, there's the Tom and Jerry like dynamic to, between the D8, but I like the idea of a rat king, you know, like mm. some kind of nefarious little, like think Radigan from the great mouse detective, you know, as that kind of thing where it's like Vincent Price, but a polyhedral headed rat <laughs> who's trying to unmake reality. Yeah. You know, man, do you think we could get Vincent Price on as a guest? Oh, totally. Uh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> It also makes me think that there might be some intention for the rat. Like, so it seems like if we shift it to the whirlpool, the leaking is really the nothing that's causing the damage, but the mm-hmm. rats are the ones boring the holes. You know, do the rats want to be able to have a crawl space to other realities? Like, do they have a reason mm-hmm. for what they're doing? Because that becomes more interesting once they have an intention. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, I just have a visual now of how how they're doing the unraveling. They take the needle, they prick you with it and they pull a piece of your existence through the thread and then toss it into that whirlpool that Courtney's talking about. And Ooh. just by letting it drift into that, it unravels you. It unmakes yeah. you. Oh, mm-hmm. damn. Of course, now we get to think about like this weird amalgamation of like soul yarn, like the snarl from Order of the Stick, the webcomic. Um which is hmm. still going on, surprisingly. Yeah. Wait, really? Oh, yes. yeah, it's still going what? on. Yeah. Um, I, I am surprised that it hasn't ended yet, but it apparently has an ending. But It feels like it's close. It's very, it does feel like it's very close, but it also feels like we're in the middle of a filler arc somehow with this. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. That's the idea that I have in mind. Um, so I like the idea that we now have this Rat King in his band of, unmakers so to speak um in the dichotomy between the cat and the and the rat and i i I don't think do you think that there should be a somewhat adversarial relationship between the two like i i don't like the idea that one is so overwhelmingly powerful compared to the other but they're kind of like forces of yin and yang of like creation and uncreation that are kind of like fighting towards opposing goals yeah, definitely. Um, I think they should be like equally powerful. And maybe the rat is able to do this now because he's amassed these other like subordinate rats below him. Mm. Ooh, what if the, to, to give it a good sense of uh, existentialism is part of the rats are also unraveled people and things. Ooh, Ooh I like oh, that. They're like, they're like yarn rats or something like that. They're like corrupted like things that have formed. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. This way you could be like, oh, we're being attacked, but like they don't look like it, but you know that in the weird sense of like the blob, you will become part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I think that I think that does it. I think that'll like they're made of the good. string of other of other unraveled Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe the Rat King had even started by collecting that string. He like figured out a way to harness it and he was the one making these things. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, a lot. that's amazing. That's that's a really, yeah. really good idea. Great job. Yeah, because if, if the Rat King, the Rat King doesn't have to actually be one of those beings. If he's someone who um, started unraveling people to create these things that can gnaw a hole in reality, maybe he has an intention of traveling to other places and this is how he does it. The consequence uh-huh. is the whirlpool and the rats. Cool. Yeah, like he's bitter about having been sequestered off in this realm. Because last he's time we established that it's... Because <laughs> last time we established that, yeah, it was like one world, many 
iterations of it. Yeah. But it's completely separate from the rest of everything. Yeah. So maybe he wants to to merge it back together. He's an evil dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the ancient? Okay, you know what? I'm not just gonna... do it. Just do it. No, no it's fine. ancient dwarf. All right. So. I think that we've come at a good, I, I think we've approached a good stopping point for the reconciliation. I feel like the stakes are demonstrably higher than they were than we started. And I think that we can roll into our faction. So we're now creating a faction tenant by tenant. Who wants to start us off? Or should I start us off? Because I have one that I think kind of informs things pretty well. Yeah, do it up. All right. So my part, my tenant is... Part of them fund or are pirates on the Astral Sea. So it's going to be hard to reconcile with uh, Courtney's, but I wanted them to be monstrous in size and form. So I'm talking like Mm. I wanted them to be krakens and such. So we have, wait, we have kraken pirates? Kraken pirate food vendors? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes me wonder if now, if they're like a siren uh, kind of thing where they have food vendors up on the ocean and they're like, oh shit, there's a hot dog stand. No man, don't go for the hot dog stand in the middle of the ocean. That's where they get you. Actually, I, I like that a lot. That, yeah. yeah, that's great. I actually like the idea that there's two phases of this organization because my <laughs> tenet wasn't that they were pirates, it's that they were either fund or are pirates. And I like uh, okay. the idea that they can do both. So it's like you have the vendor side and then you have the monstrous actual pirate side, you know? Hmm. So oh, and, and maybe the cooks or whatever, like there, there's another thing that has formed like a symbiotic relationship with them where it's just like, no, no, they don't eat us. And we kind of keep it going that some of them are safe so that every now and then we can just, you know, eat a ship. You know, as so, we- so there are Krakens that the pirates are in league with? Is that what this is? So the vendors are in league with the Krakens, yes. Oh, okay. So the, the Krakens are pirates. They go around and grab uh, ships and ingredients, and then the vendors sell whatever the Krakens don't eat, I guess. Okay. Does that make sense? Or, or people like our lord in buy the... Vendors, I think, is what Chris was saying. And, oh, you're, you want like and then an the Krakens jump up and like take all their. Oh, shit. and they yeah. eat the people. Okay, I like that war. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like a uh, a sea based doodle bug. Mm-hmm. That's what you meant by siren. Is that I, the vendor setup is actually like a tra- yeah, yeah, something like that where oh, like okay, <laughs> the, but I, I also they're a giant Taco Bell sign or something. <laughs> I could honestly <laughs> picture like a kraken having like a really crudely drawn cardboard cutout tied to one of its tentacles, like waving it around on the surface, just waiting for some somebody dumb enough to come over. Yeah, but that's why they get in league with the ones that are better mm. at drawing and everything. It's like every now and then we just got to feed them a person. See, I, I also like the idea that like the vendors also happen to have a legitimate business. It's also just like they send tips out to the Krakens who are like, yo, we're going to lure them in. You go grab them, you know, like, oh, this is just a necessary part of the astral sea. These mm-hmm. vendors. Right. But it's actually completely unnecessary. It's just that they just so happen to do that. And like, that's the racket that they're running. Oh, Daniel, what was your racket? What was your tenet for this? Oh, well, good luck with this one, because <laughs> all I have written down is they shapeshift. 
Well, there oh, we go. We got that Kraken. That's fucking great. What are you talking about? Yeah, the Krakens can shape shift into his mind. Yeah. Yeah. They're natural form. They're like aboliths, basically. They're like oh, super God. intelligent, like squid aliens. <laughs> and then they shape shift between. They, that, what do you mean? What do you yeah, mean that's perfect. difficult? That actually super makes everything. We oh, got real people, lucky. People may not even know that they're like, they're just every now and then there's ghost ships that are just devoid of all life. We don't know who killed them, but the last place they were near was here. Okay. Yeah. That's cooler. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that idea. Yeah. But wait, what do they do with the. The people then, because these are travelers on the astral sea, which means that they're in the afterlife. So it's like they're it's not like you can just get rid of a dead body unless these squid things eat uh, souls, which is horrifying. Mm, that is I mean, terrifying. they have to. Right. Yeah. I was going to say they make them into food, but you're right. If everyone's already dead, they eat souls. OK. All right. They make food, soul, soul food. Stuff. Uh, oh, and then, oh, fuck uh, you. <laughs> then when they eat you, they become a kraken. Wait, what was oh, that? Like a vampire thing. Yeah, like when they eat you, you're, you're hashed into a kraken, spiritually. Uh. Oh, wait, maybe maybe the vendor part is like the thrall of these vampiric pirate krakens. So it's like you're converted, but it's like your form stays the same for a little bit until you can get stuff underway, you know? Mm. Yeah. Or... It's seen as a blessing. So for some of them, they'll eat your souls, kind of like uh, just uh, drain yeah. you and dump you. But for some of them, they're like, I'll convert you if you stick around and, you know, get others to come here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. like um, Benny oh, from The Mummy. Makes you think of that. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Courtney, gets <laughs> how are we going back to Mummy? What do you mean how? The Mummy's great. <laughs> but we the always best. go back to The Mummy. Yeah, because it's like the best action movie. I know, <laughs> but we great. need an affiliate link or something. <laughs> well, like, actually, if- Chris, I think at this point we may have mentioned Jet Li's The One. More than the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like our weird, t- like Jet Li's The One out of like anger and spite, but The Mummy out of genuine love what, and adoration. What, what, what would you say were your big of? Biggest influences. I would say Jet Li, The One, and The Mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so dumb. Jesus. Oh, my God. Okay. I think that now that we've reconciled everything, we can kind of move on to the main quest of our setting. How does everyone feel about that? I mean, because the main quest to me seems somewhat obvious is that there is an imbalance between the D8-headed cat and the Rat King. And we have to reconcile whatever, and not us, but the heroes have to reconcile whatever that main quest or whatever that imbalance is. By now, introducing Spike the dog. Oh, oh, you mean Poochie? Is that what his name was? Poochie was the dog? Was, for, I, no, no, I meant the dog from Tom and Jerry. I was going with a Simpsons reference. I saw. Yeah, no, I, I realized that, but for a moment I thought yeah. I had forgot his name. No, no, no. Okay, so... I think the obvious and easy main quest is to be like, oh, the rat has some kind of power and he's unraveling creation that anyone can think of that. I think doing the opposite where suddenly somehow the D eight headed cat is now over creating something and is causing chaos in all of the worlds as a result. I think that's a more interesting idea. So I think I'd like to start there with the main villain quote unquote is not the Rat King, the Unraveler, but the creator in the D8-headed cat. I mean, one thing that we always that I hinted at was too, is that the Rat King doesn't actually intend to unravel reality anyway. 
Like it's a consequence of his own intentions. Um, so it would be neat if like people are seeing the Rat King as a villain and when they finally perhaps find him, he's like, what are you even talking about? I'm just trying to get to location X and this is how I'm doing it. And then on top of the, the problem of the, the octahedron cat being problematic in that it's creating too many things, too many versions of the same world. How can we blend those two ideas together? Because in my mind, like over creation, like that is going to be blamed on the D8 headed cat. And I refuse to call it an octahedron headed cat because that's not nearly as fun. <laughs> Let me just be clear. You, it, maybe it's not being creative as much as it's just making copies of the same thing again and again. But the copies are not good of each one. It's kind of like each one is getting grainier and, and worse than the last. Oh, I like that. What if I like it's like idea a lot? What if it's like intercepting that kind of string yarn and is like literally playing with yarn of souls and somehow that gets back into the worlds as like a an overcreation of some sort? Okay. Not sure how to phrase that. But. Okay. I, I like this idea and there's even some kind of weird precedent in like magic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's like a reign of toads, but... Only one toad actually looks like a toad and the rest are all like weird rap, like yarn beings or like <laughs> yarn homunculus that are made of like weird frog soul stuff or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this is how I, okay, this is how I'm kind of imagining it now, right? Where the beginning of this main quest begins as, oh no, the this city in the mortal realm is now suddenly overflowing with fish. And it's not just regular fish, but like yarn fish as well. And it just like, it, it is an actual problem because again, this is like Ghibli style of like mm-hmm. terror and adventure where imagine that there is a, a sea of fish that keeps rising and rising and it starts to take over like uh marketplace carts and stuff like that. And so you have to get higher and higher until you get to the top of these buildings and look out and see that your entire city has now become inundated or like mostly or half swallowed up by fish creatures. This makes me think of um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the like kids book. Not I haven't seen the movies, but um, just in the book, as far as like the natural order of things yeah. and got disrupted and they started getting these like hurricanes of food and stuff. Yeah. Or, or like pancakes, the size of like, uh, like massive, uh, like, I think there was an entire town at one point, but I think yeah. it covered it like a good portion of the town or like yeah. this whole school or something. Vaguely yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so now, right. Like you have these pockets of like where these string animals start popping up in massive quantities and people are like, okay, what the fuck just happened? We need to figure out why there's way too many fish. And then that encourages them to go to the afterlife and then onto the astral sea. So that's the, mm-hmm. bam, we got the intro knocked out. What's the middle part? How do, um, how do the uh, dwarves and their grudges factor into all of this? Well, the dwarves are the heroes that we're talking about here. So remember... Every every uh, mortal that we're talking about are dwarves. So how did the how does the grudge factor into this concept? Because I feel like that's an important part of the setting. Maybe that's the way that 
the heroes who are mortals are able to transcend and like maintain living without actually, you know, dying forever. Oh, by holding on to their grudges. Yeah. So they're like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm upset that I, you know, like my, Uh, my cart got destroyed by fish. I'm going to hold that against creation until we figure it out. You know, (laughs) that's very dwarf like. Yes. Yes, it is. I never got that $5 back from that guy, so I'm going to travel the afterlife until I <laughs> fucking find him. <laughs> okay, again, yes, but also Ghibli and uh, about, like, yarn creatures. So think think about it that way. I don't know. I think that, that reminds me a little bit of the turnip guy. Oh, you mean cabbage guy? I thought it was a turnip. In Avatar? No, I was I was talking about uh, Ghibli, uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, I was going with Avatar with the cabbage guy. My cabbages! Yeah, exactly. That's so like you could literally play the my cabbages guy in this particular setting, which I think is really <laughs> fun. Now that I think about it, so yeah. Um, okay, so what's what's the middle part? We have the call to action, which is like, okay, heroes are dead; they're now traveling the astral sea. How do we fix this? thread of creation that's over creating too much what's what's the solution i want to go with something other than destruction sure i want since we're dealing with a cat i'm tempted to go a route of like distracting the cat or giving it something else to play with Mm -hmm. and like this is like the dumbest thing but like astral catnip essentially okay (laughs) that goes kind of back to food too yeah. yeah, I, I was going to sure. say, I like the idea that we force the heroes or the protagonists to travel various realms among the Astral Sea. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they're looking for the perfect catnip recipe is <laughs> like, you know, like, OK, we have the recipe. Now we just need to gather the ingredients. Unfortunately, they're among X amount of different worlds and you have to travel. It's like sliders almost where you travel from like world to world to world, finding these ingredients to make the perfect recipe for this catnip. So you can mollify the giant D headed eight or the D eight headed cat. I could also see um, interaction with the like shape-shifting Kraken food vendor pirate things where um, maybe initially they're sort of an enemy faction, but over time um, our heroes realize that they need to, to work together to deal with this. I can, I can totally, and, and can we have one of the, uh, one of the protagonists be converted into one of these things as well, <laughs> just to raise the stakes? Yes, absolutely. All right. There we go. Uh, so I really love all of that. I think that that's a really fun main quest for us to take a look upon. Uh, now we get to do the side quests for this world. So we're keeping the same kind of setting, except now we're going to have a side quest that isn't as apocalyptic as, you know, the overcreation of the universe. Instead, the side quest that we're going to be focusing on has a theme related to love, of course. And the thing that we're going to be focusing on during this side quest is going to be someone really important to the setting. So we have someone who is really important to the setting. The theme is love. What's the side quest? How are we doing this? I'm right away picturing like a an ancient dwarven king who's been kept in like a half alive state by 
of course, is spite and grudges. Um, and love comes into play as like, I don't know, something having to do with him. Courtney. Huh? Courtney. What? Is this a dwarven sleeping beauty? Is this... <laughs> Which, which I also love and hate at the same time. But I'm as soon as you said that, <laughs> it's a role reversal. Yeah, that wasn't what I was thinking, but I think that makes sense. I think we kind of have to go this way now. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we've got an, a, a a king who's stuck between life and death, and only the kiss of a dwarven maiden will wake him up. <laughs> So let's reconcile that quest. How do we how do we make Sleeping Beauty with dwarves interesting? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, I see what you mean by role reversal, Chris. Yes. Okay. Because the seven dwarves, I completely forgot about them. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so it's love. So so what does I suppose the question that we have to ask now is what does dwarven love look like, and how is this a quest? I feel like this is a question for Chris. I was going to say, I'm like, Chris Agreed. is being real quiet for loving dwarves so much. Well, well, Maybe he doesn't love dwarves as much as he thinks he does. How dare you question my love of dwarves? Uh, so when I think of dwarven love uh, and dwarven sleeping beauty combined, which is a weird thought, I picture someone who is greedy in love in the fact that maybe... They had seven, seven spouses or seven uh, people that they were pursuing, and they loved them all equally, but until, in the fact that they couldn't decide, uh, kind of paralyzed them into this sleep. Holy fuck, that's so dumb, and I love it. Yay. That's great. <laughs> so, how do, so how do we rouse the king from his slumber? Mm. Do we murder all of the dwarven wives? Or <laughs> has to involve food in some yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. Is it a, is it the great cook off? So maybe they're each like, all right, this is like there's one way to wake up the king, and that's food. And all of the wives, all of the yeah, all of the queens, I guess, are like like just like put out the word, like you make the best food and wakes up the king. Guess what? You get, you know, like a, a giant big bonus or something. So like now that. it's Cinderella, only the glass slipper is nice smelling food. I mean, it probably needs to be food from multiple realities. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a, a stew. Okay, hold on. I, I have I have an interesting thought. Each of the queens are from a different reality. So it's seven uh-huh. different realities, right? So each of them has to, the idea is uh, you can only make food from your reality. And then whatever brings the king back, that's how you find out who his true love would be. I like that. It's fine. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So what's the quest part? What's the, what's the adventure? Are you agents of the queen trying to find your best meal in your realm or what is it? I think you are the the queens. They have to try. They should, they should do the traveling and gathering of the food from going to their universes. Hmm. I mean, I think that's the one that the story should focus on, but I think you have to battle other groups that are trying to uh, prevent you from successfully getting stuff. Well, maybe, maybe then there's lots of, um, not suitors, but successors who want to replace the king. Yeah. And like it's a, so oh, they're trying okay. to restore him. 
that's a struggle fun. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have a we don't have an evil queen yet, do we? So this will be like the brother of the king or like the stepfather of the king who, or something like that. Because it's evil son. This, ooh, evil also, son. Okay. Time's not an issue. So this could have also been going on for so long that like it nothing has woken them up yet. And they just keep on bringing dishes and dishes. And like someone knows whoever is the one who wakes him with a meal will be the one that is crowned. Mm. And, and so and there's, there's like, and there's a biological son who's like, God damn it. I should just be King already. You know, like that type of thing. Just can't wait to be King. Yeah. What, what other Disney properties can we bastardize while we're in this realm? <laughs> I mean, for an ocean one, we really haven't touched on uh, Little Mermaid. That's true. And Ursula is one of the better villains. So it's true. She's great. And modeled after Divine. So so uh, one of the best things that you could cook with that's also evil is some poor, unfortunate souls. Okay. So you're, so you're like forcing people to gather souls just to try and reawaken to awaken the king well imagine how long this is going on that people have actually started to get like weird with it it's just like fuck it you know nothing's working let's let's see what happens when we make a weird fusion food oh my god all right yeah speaking of weird fusion i think that we should probably stop there and let the side quest kind of like simmer for a bit uh because now we're going to do the completely off the wall plot hook part where everything is randomized, including the genre. So now we have to come up with a new genre, which is going to be. All right. So this is now a space Western. Uh, The theme for our space Western is going to be. Glory. And the thing that we're focusing on is going to be. A cataclysm. So this is our side quest. It's completely off the wall. It's a space Western with glory and a cataclysm involved. So by by all means, someone who's more creative than me, go ahead and start us off with a, with a plot hook. A dwarf wants to ride the octahedron cat um, because it's essentially the hardest thing to ride in all the universe. Daniel going a very different Western direction than I expected, but I do like that idea a lot, actually. Is the result a cataclysm? Well, of course. A cataclysm? Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, fuck. See? <laughs> exactly, Courtney. That's exactly what I had in mind. Thank you so much for listening to World Build With Us. This has been a podcast. <laughs> If you if you wanna if you wanna send in your own prompt, go to worldbuildwithus.com, click on the button, you can send it in. You're just so done with it. <laughs> you can also send us an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, let's world build. You can also join a Discord or give us money on Patreon if you're really generous. Just That's really cool. I hate fucking that intro. <laughs> outro, Chris. It's an outro. Remember that we love you very much and we're gonna get through this together until next week. Bye.